This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Who's glad to be at church on a beautiful... Yeah, hey. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. I missed you guys last Sunday. We were at a, we were in Indiana, Indianapolis, and we had to go to a nice church with our relatives, but it wasn't a spirit-filled church. They weren't as crazy as you people, and, uh, but we're crazy in a good way, right? Any crazy, good, crazy people? We're, we're, yeah, it's a good thing, man. It's good, but I missed you guys, but, uh, we, this month, the month of May, uh, we're going to be focusing on missions because we have a lot of missionaries we support. We've got this board right over here has some of the different missionaries from India. We got the Nile family that goes to Vietnam and Thailand and Nepal and all this stuff. And so there's a lot uh, that our church supports. And then we ourselves go to Nicaragua every year. We'll be going in September this year to, to do some missions work in Nicaragua. I absolutely love it down there. And I'm, I'm really excited. But uh, that's going to be the focus of the month of May, and then at the end of the month, we'll have some of our missionaries actually in on the 20th. So it's really exciting, and I want you to keep that in mind as we uh, go through some things today. But the title is this, You Reap What You Sow. Anyone ever heard that before? It's not just a cute phrase, it's actually in the Bible. It's something that God said. And so if you need an outline for the message this morning, raise your hand. And one of these handsome ushers, they like to pass things out, so they'd love to give you one. But we're talking about you reap what you sow. Now, we, we, those are kind of words that we don't necessarily use a lot in 2018. Another way you could kind of say it is you harvest what you plant, right? You harvest what you plant. And the truth of the matter is this, is that all of us, every day, we are planting seeds in so many areas of our lives. You're planting seeds in your family, at your job, at your church, uh, just out in the community. We are planting seeds on a nonstop basis. Now, that could be a really good thing, but it could also be a scary thing if you're planting bad seeds. Because you can't change the fact that you do reap what you sow, you will bring in a harvest of the seeds you've planted. And so you could either be really excited and say, thank you, Jesus, I've got some good things coming back in. But a lot of us, myself included, all of us, we could look at that and say, Lord Jesus, I maybe don't want some harvest on some of the seeds that I've planted. But we're going to look at this today and, and see what the Bible has to say and how it applies to you in every single area of your life, but also how it applies to us in the aspect of supporting our missions that we do support. But there's something in this for you today. So let's go ahead and open up in prayer. And I want you to get ready because God's going to speak today. Father, in Jesus name, we thank you, Lord, so much for what uh, we've seen already in your word today, Lord, for what we've already experienced in your presence. And God, I pray today that that as we open our hearts, as we open the word of God, that you are going to speak to each person here. You're going to change us, Lord, for your glory. And even if there's things that we don't necessarily want to hear, Lord, if it's the truth, it's going to set us free. So tell us what we need to hear, not what we want to hear today. We praise you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Number one is this, planting and harvesting is a spiritual law. Planting and harvesting is a spiritual law. And so there's nothing I can do to change that. There's nothing that you can do to change that. God chose for this to be a primary way that the kingdom of God and the kingdom of this earth operates. 
I want to show you something in Genesis chapter 8. Let's open up there. Yes, Genesis 8, way back at the beginning. And so there's different laws of nature. There's different scientific laws. And whether you like them or not, that doesn't matter. That doesn't change the fact that they exist, right? Just because you don't like the law of gravity, that doesn't mean you can just say, well, that one doesn't apply to me. So I'm just going to jump off of buildings and nothing's going to happen because I don't believe in that law. It's still a fact and it's still true. Whether you acknowledge it or not, the law of gravity still exists, whether you want it to or not. And the law of seed time and harvest, whether you choose to acknowledge it or not, that doesn't matter. It still works. It's still going to happen. Whether you choose to say, well, that's not my favorite topic. That's not really for me. Doesn't matter if it's for you or not. It still exists. It's a law that God set in motion, a spiritual law. You can't change it. All you can learn to do is how to work with it and how to use it to your advantage. Right. You think about all the different things in history, uh, you know, the buildings that were built and, and all these different things that that have people have done over the course of time where they used gravity to their advantage. Maybe, well, it's easier if we can roll this down this hill or we can build this this way. They didn't say, well, you know, I'm just not going to go that. Listen, they learned to harness that law and use it to their advantage. And the law of seed time and harvest If you will learn how to use that to your advantage, man, you can sow seeds and watch God do a work in your life. And it can literally work in every area of your life. It can restore your relationships. It it, it can bring people into the kingdom of God. It can bless your finances. It can bless your church. But you just have to learn how to use it to your advantage. So Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, God said, as long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest. Cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. And so the earth is still here, right? Is the earth still in existence? I noticed that myself this morning. It's still here. And the truth is this, that we still have morning and nighttime. Just like he said, that's never changed. We still have cold and heat. And if you haven't been in Barstow for the heat yet, oh, it's coming, guys. It is coming. Be ready. Hide the kids. It's coming. But anyway, and whether you want it to or not, the heat is coming. And the winter and the summer, they still exist whether you want it to or not. And just like he said right here, like those same things, they're never going to go away. He said, as long as this earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest. There will be a time for planting and a time for harvesting. And that is not going away. So this is both a natural law and it's a spiritual law. When you plant seeds and water those seeds, something grows. I remember growing up in the in farm country, uh, the ground is very, very fertile there. I mean, it does not take a lot of effort to grow things. Things just grow. And so one time my redneck brother was out there eating a cantaloupe. Or no, it was a watermelon. I think it was a watermelon. And so he's eating a watermelon and, and there's someone that just, the ground had kind of been tilled or something. He spits out the seeds and just walks on about his business. It rains later that day. And I'm telling you, within a few weeks, there's a giant watermelon growing in the middle of my yard. I'm like, what in the world? Who planted this? And it's just a, it's a fact. Seed time and seed was planted into soil. Rain came and watered it and something grew. Seed time and harvest. It will happen as long as this earth remains. Now, there's been a lot of times in my life, just like I was surprised to see a giant watermelon in my yard. There's been other times in my life where things have happened. I'm like, where'd that come from? 
What happened right there? What, I didn't, what made this happen? And then I look back and like, oh yeah, I kind of planted some seeds in that area. I, I kind of, maybe this is my harvest that's coming into my life. Maybe this isn't everyone's out to get me or, or God's mad at me. This is just the spiritual law working. I've been mean to people and now I shouldn't be surprised when people are mean back to me. I'm reaping the harvest of the seeds that I've planted. Are you seeing this today? That this is a spiritual, it's a natural law, and it works. And so your harvest can either be a good thing or it can be a bad thing. It depends on what you have planted. So we've all, everybody here, we've reaped good things. We've harvested good things into our life. And I would venture to say that all of us have probably harvested some negative things into our life at some point or another. Am I the only one or have you done that? Wow, a lot of you have lived perfect lives. That's incredible. Dude, let me in on your secret. That's great. Okay. But for the rest of us, for the 13 of us that reaped negative things at one point, it's because we have planted some seeds. I want you to look at Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Galatians 6, 7. We're going to get somewhere. I promise this is going somewhere. Galatians 6, verse 7. We're talking about you reap what you sow. You don't reap what you want. You reap what you sow. It'd be nice to live any old way you want and then just have great blessings flow into your life. But it doesn't work that way. Everybody wants to reap good things, but you reap what you sow. Thank you for your thunderous applause this morning. This is, wow. Galatians 6, 7, New King James, it says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. You're not going to mock God. You're not going to be the one that gets away with it and say, man, I'm just going to treat people any old way I want to, but nothing's going to happen to me because I'm exempt from this. No, you're not going to mock God. It's going to happen. You will reap your harvest. And on the same time, if you're planting good seeds and saying, man, I just don't know if anything's ever going to happen or, or if other people are saying to you, why do you keep, why do you keep doing this? Why do you keep sowing seeds into this? What's wrong with you? Well, God's not going to be mocked. I will reap my harvest on this. It may not have happened yet, but it is going to happen. I will reap my harvest because God is not going to be mocked. Don't be deceived. And some people, it says, some people are deceived. They think that they can plant whatever seeds they want and they're not going to reap a harvest. It will happen. Sometimes it doesn't happen the next day. Sometimes harvest doesn't happen the next month or the next year. But I promise you, harvest does always happen 100% of the time. There's very few things in this world that are guaranteed to work 100% of the time. Seed time and harvest, it works 100% of the time. It always happens. Because if it doesn't, then people can make a mockery out of God and say, you, you said that it would happen, but... It doesn't happen. Sea time and harvest isn't real. And you're not going to be able to say that. And so this is one of the first principles that I'm that I'm trying to teach my kids. I've got I've got four. And so even on the way to school, man, we got a long drive to school every day. And there's great opportunity, especially for my middle two, to fight. Anybody else's kids? They just. Oh, man, what's up with that? I mean, I don't remember my childhood being like that, but uh, I don't know. Maybe it was. But. But they're always going at each other. And I'm like, what is, come on, get along. You can sit, you can sit next to each other for more than five minutes of your life without having an all out brawl. But one thing that I'm 
constantly teaching him is, you reap what you sow. You wipe a booger on him, boogers are coming back, dude. And they're coming back. It's going to multiply. A bunch of boogers. If you come over and you, you, you steal her Barbie, you rip the arm off of Barbie, whatever the case is, it's coming back at you, man. You don't get out of it. You are not exempt from this law. I don't care if you are six years old. You reap what you sow. And so the world has a word that they use. And I mean, they, they use this word karma. Karma. What goes around come. And I'm not using that word. But I can say that it is true. What goes around does come around. If you're going to send it around all the time, it is going to come back to you at some point or another. If you're going to treat people bad, it is going to come back on you. Don't expect to be a jerk to everybody else, but people bow down and hug your feet and, and love you and adore you and just think you're the best ever. It is not going to happen. You will reap what you sow. And it's, it's funny, you know, it, just examining people's lives and seeing, seeing people's lives over the years. There's just some people that no matter where they go, they have trouble with people. You could put them in the room full of the nicest people in the world and they'd walk out with some sort of drama. And I don't get it. Then there's other people. You could genuinely put them in a bad situation and, and they walk out like, hey, that was a good day. Yep, everybody had a good time with everybody. Why is it that some people drama follows them everywhere they go? They don't get along with people at school. At work, definitely not at home. They get in, you get into it with people at church. That everywhere they go, they've got issues with people. Why is that when some other people, they can go everywhere and just get along with people? What's the deal? They sow seeds of drama, of strife. And they reap an abundant harvest everywhere they go. It just rains into their life. And they're thinking that it's everybody else. But it's not. It's them and it's the seed that they keep sowing. And so, take that for what it's worth. Amen. God bless you. Let's close in prayer. Let's just, right now, thank you, Jesus. Mm, God is good. So, some people, you know, we often look at our lives and we're wondering, like, well, why is this happening? What's going on? All I'm, I'm challenging you today is this, is to examine what kind of seeds have you been planting. Let's look at Galatians 6, 9. Skip up a couple of verses here. Galatians 6, 9 in the good old King James, it says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. That's good news right there. That's good news. It says, don't grow weary in your well-doing. If you're out there, you've been sowing good seeds. Maybe you've been believing for God to send somebody into a loved one's life to witness to them. Man, maybe you've got relatives in some other state. Uh, they're across the world somewhere. And your prayer is that God would send somebody into their life to bring them in, to witness, to share the love of God. Listen to me. Sow seeds to reap that harvest. Sow seeds into these missionaries. You, why don't you go out and witness to somebody over here? Why don't you start sowing the seeds that you're praying to God to reap a harvest on? And if it seems like, well, there, it seems like they're getting worse and worse. I don't know, man. That, my, my cousin, my nephew, well, they're just getting worse and worse. Listen, don't grow weary in well-doing. For in due season, you shall reap if you faint not. But the problem is that so many people, they faint. They do faith. They give up. They say, oh, this isn't working. I'm out of here, man. Just forget it. This whole thing is just, I, I, I don't believe any of it. Don't grow weary because I know this much. Due season does exist. 
the, the, the only, you know, the issue that we have is it's not written in stone. In stone, due season will happen every May 1st through 30th. So just plant your seeds before the 1st and you will reap your harvest any time in the month of May. That's due season. God decides when due season is. I don't decide. If I could pick due season, it would be due season year round. Just beautiful sunshine, rainbows and ponies. We'd all be frolicking, you know, just loving our lives. That, that would be awesome if I could pick due season exists, but I don't get to pick it. But I do know this much. Due season is real. I've experienced due season. Has anyone in here ever you've due season finally came around? It seemed like, man, I've been planting. I've been watering. Where's it at? And then that day finally comes when your harvest comes in. And there is nothing sweeter in this world than reaping your harvest and knowing that this happened because the Word of God is true. This happened because I did not give up. I have reaped, I have harvested what I planted. That is the best thing in the world to harvest your crops that you've sown out into. And so just listen to this. Don't give up. If you've been praying and believing and you've been sowing seeds, well, what do you do? You water the seeds. Well, how do you water, man? You stand on the word. You praise God. Even if it seems like it's not happening, you sit there and you praise God anyway. You worship. You come to the altar. You give God thanks. You are watering those seeds. And it may seem like nothing's happening, but something is happening. And a lot of times, man, the roots are just growing deeper and deeper and deeper. And then before you know it, man, it's going to spring up out of the ground and you've got harvest on your hands. And that's the best thing ever. All right. And so you have got to be sowing seeds. So number two is this. What seeds are you planting? What seeds are you personally planting right now? No, you know, don't don't be. Well, I know what my wife's planting. She's mean. I know what my husband's planning. Boy, I know what that guy over there's. No. What are you planting? Focus on you for a minute here. What seeds, if you could look back at the last season of your life, the last few weeks, maybe the last month or so, what type of seeds have you been planting? Should you be expecting a great harvest into your life? Or should you be expecting maybe a negative harvest because we've put some negative things out there. Maybe you need people to come up and encourage you and build you up because you're going through a trial right now. Have you planted any seeds of encouragement unto others in their season? Or did you say, oh, man, that is sorry about your luck, bro. That is not good. But I'm going to be over here. No. Have you been planting seeds to reap a harvest in your time of need? What seeds have you been planting? And so I think that's something that's really justifiable for each of us to look back at because I know different different periods of my life when things have not been going how they need to or it seems like I've been praying and I've been wanting God to do something for a long time but it seems like it's just not happening I look back and I say man I've not planted any seeds for that at all <clears throat> I remember this one time and I've shared this but I needed like a thousand dollars within the next four days or something like that and so I, you know, I get my beautiful wife together. I'm like, honey, let's just pray over this. I'm claiming harvest into our lives. We need a big harvest, big harvest. And she's like, honey, that is great. But harvest on what? You have not planted any seeds whatsoever. I'm like, darn it. Wow. Yeah, that doesn't make much sense. That's like a farmer going out into the fields in October. Where's the corn? Well, did you plant any seeds? No, I just thought it's. Corn would grow. I mean, it's a field. Corn grows out of fields. I was, I'm hoping. I, I don't know. 
But, but that's the problem. I was claiming harvest. I was asking for harvest. But I had planted no seed. You can't harvest if you don't plant seeds. That's stupid. That doesn't make any sense at all. How could a farmer go out and expect to see tomatoes or whatever it is that he's wanting to harvest if he didn't put any seed in the ground? Nothing's going to grow. It doesn't work that way. Again, you don't reap what you want. You reap what you sow. You can only harvest what you've been planting. And so if you're needing a harvest in your life right now, my best advice is you should probably start planting some seed. And so she told me that she's like, that's nice to be praying for harvest, but you've not planted any seed. So hate to burst your bubble, but it's not coming. Thank God for wives like that. Amen. Anybody else have a wife that's as like mine? Yeah. I see the women looking at their husband. <laughs> but hey, you know, it's a good thing. That's good. That's good. It's beautiful. But so she said this and, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to I got to go plant some seed right now because I am I, I need a harvest. And so I went, man, and, and, and we planted what a big for us, uh, what we needed. OK, we needed a harvest. And so I planted it and I had zero idea. All I knew was by Friday, I needed like a thousand bucks. And so I planted what I had. And lo and behold, I'm telling you, the Lord as my witness, come Wednesday, a random check comes in the mail for like 800 bucks. Yes, yes, this works. And then, and then I mean, uh, the next day, I'm three days in a row, massive, from out of nowhere, nowhere. This stuff, and so by the time it was set and done, I had like over $2,000. I'm like, thank you, Lord, it works. I, I, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. I really believe this. And, and so I'm telling you, whatever it is you need, you need to plant some seed. If you have a need, start planting some seed. Don't just sit there and claim harvest. But let's look here at Luke 6, 38. Luke 6, 38. Amen. And so what type of harvest do you need right now? Is it a financial one? Is it a, a, a harvest of, of somebody... Uh, blessing your family is it a relationship what what type of harvest do you need do you need tomatoes right now then quit planting corn do you do you need a watermelon or then why are you out there planting cantaloupe what what is it you need start planting the seed for the thing you need and so uh man i I just we're talking about missions this month and i can i know all of us i have relatives man that that i need somebody to witness to them because they're not listening to me and you've got you've got relatives like they're not listening to you, but there is somebody they will listen to. Or maybe you're separated by distance, a couple thousand miles like some of us are. Check it out. You need to start planting seeds for that harvest you need. And so why don't you go out and be a witness in Barstow? Because you've got a relative out in New York, Florida, wherever that needs witness to. Why don't you why don't you be the answer to somebody's prayer instead of just Hoping God will answer your prayers. Why don't you go out and sow some seeds? Why don't you go out and invite somebody to church instead of just saying, God, just send somebody to invite this guy to church. Man, oh, he's in bad shape. God, send somebody across. God will do it. But why don't you be the answer? Because just like you're praying for somebody over there, somebody over there's praying for their relative that lives right here. And you could be that answer. Luke 6:38. We're familiar with this in the King James, one of the first Bible verses that I ever learned as a wee lad. But I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation this morning. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. It says, "Give 
and you will receive. So don't ever say something stupid like, oh, I give, but I don't expect to receive. That's stupid. Why would you say something as stupid as that? It says give and you will receive. I give, but I don't expect I'll ever receive anything. Send it this way, then I'll take it. All right. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. So the amount you give will determine the amount you get back. The amount you give will determine the amount you give back. So what if I go out and I plant a three by three patch of tomato seeds and then I go out and sure enough, harvest due season comes and I have reaped a three by three harvest of tomatoes. That sounds pretty fair, right? That sounds like what's what I planted. The amount I gave would determine the amount I got back. How stupid would it be like, what's this? I was expecting 5000 acres of tomatoes. So does it make any sense at all? I mean, I planted that, but I really honestly expected to receive 5,000 acres. What's the deal, God? What's wrong with you? How dare you? And people are blaming God for stuff as stupid as this. How come you didn't do this? You planted nine square feet of tomatoes, and you expected to reap 5,000 acres? We do know this much, that God does multiply seed, but he's also very well aware when we're holding back from him. Thank you for your holy silence. The Lord is very aware when we're holding back. And so it's just like this woman that, that uh, Jesus was watching people give their money into the treasury. And all these rich guys came in and they, you know, they tossed a hundred dollar bill in. They're like, look at that, hundred bucks. Yeah. Woo. And then this other poor lady comes and she gives her last penny. And Jesus says, that lady right there, she gave more than all these other guys combined. Because even though that was just a penny, that was all she had. Those guys, $100, that was nothing to them. They got millions. That did, that, that did absolutely nothing to stretch them. That was no sacrifice whatsoever. And so maybe if that three-by-three three patch is a sacrifice, God does know that. But if you got five million, you know, tomato seeds and you only planted three, you're not stretching yourself. You're not, that takes no faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, Hebrews 11.6. Amen. And so whatever we're doing, it's got to be in faith. And so God does multiply seed, but he does know when we're holding back from him. And you have got to start planting some seed, whatever it is that you need right now. And so if you're sitting here thinking, man, I sure need this in my life. Plant some seeds in that direction. Do it. Do it now. Plant some seeds, whatever the need, plant some seed. And you may say, well, I'm already running low on this. I already don't have enough. Even better reason to plant some seed. You don't have enough anyway, so what are you going to do with it? Go plant it. Go plant it, man. Go get it in the ground somewhere and do something with it. When I needed that that financial situation to turn around, the little bit I had, it couldn't have covered it anyway. So what am I going to do? Just hold on to it tight-fisted? Or if I open my fist, if I open my hand and give it to God, now my hand is open and God was able to get what I needed into my hand. If my hand was like this, that would not have happened. I can guarantee you that. And some people are walking around, I've got needs, I've got needs, I've got needs. And they're, they're just holding the, the... If you've got one seed, put it in the ground. Do something with it. It's not going to do any good held like this. 
you've got to plant the seed. Are we getting anywhere? Is this making sense today? And so I want to show you something. There's a story in the Old Testament here that I love. First Kings chapter 17. Let's flip back here to the Old Testament. First Kings 17. So I know that God is going to use you. God's going to use me. God's going to use this church in this season to plant seeds all over the world to the nations that we support, Nicaragua, India. And you'd be shocked to find out the amount of people in different countries that listen to our online podcast. I get contacted all the time from other countries saying, hey, we listen to you guys over here. I mean, uh, Pakistan, there's a lot of people for, I have no idea, but a bunch of people in Pakistan listen to our services. We've got Holland, uh, South Korea, um, Japan, Nicaragua. Um, I know there's many other nations, India, uh, Nepal. Iraq. So just different people from other countries that are contacting us. And so we're sowing seeds all over the world just by just by having church. It's amazing. But first Kings 17, we're going to look at verses 10 through 16. I guess I should turn there myself. First Kings chapter 10, verse chapter 17, verses 10 through 16. Now, this is the story of Elijah and this widow woman at Zarephath. And so. They're in the middle of a famine, and Elijah strolls into town, and depending on how you look at this story, it looks like the most selfish thing I've ever read in my entire life. Or if you see it through the biblical viewpoint, you see what was happening here. So, verse 10, it says this, 1 Kings 17, So he went to Zarephath. As he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks, and he asked her, Would you please bring me a little water and a cup? As she was going to get it, he called to her, bring me a bite of bread, too. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God, I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. Gee, bitter, aren't we? Good Lord. Bitter table for one. Anyway, so she she's going off on him. And I have only, only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal, and then then me and my son will die. Whoa, that's a rough day right there, man. Wow, I'm sorry. At that point, knowing me, I'm a softie, I'd be like, you know what, my bad, I didn't know. You cook your piece of bread, may you die in peace, God bless you, rest in peace. What do you say to that? Awkward. What do you even say in that situation? But look what Elijah did. He, he, thank God that I'm not Elijah because Elijah saw right through this and he saw you could either die or I could give you the greatest opportunity of your life to supply for you and for your family. So verse 13, but Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you've said, but make a little bread for me first. Doesn't that sound selfish? Doesn't that sound like, did you not just hear the woman? She said she has only a little flour, a little oil. She's baking one piece of bread. They're going to eat that piece of bread. Then they're planning on laying down and dying together. And you're asking, that's fine. You go ahead and do that. But can you give me some bread first? Just take care of me first. Like, dude, what an arrogant, selfish jerk. That sounds awful. Like, why would, oh man, what a narcissist. But anyway, so here we go. He says, then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son, 
For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and crops grow again. So she did as Elijah said. And she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. Wait, I thought there was only enough for one piece of bread. How, how is she feeding an entire family and the prophet and herself for many days when, when there, she must have planted some seed? She must be reaping a harvest because what she had wasn't enough to meet the need. So that meant it was a seed. She planted the seed for what she needed. And look at this verse 16. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. That's a story right there, man. That is seed time and harvest. What if? I mean, look at this. Some people, you can look at this story and say, Elijah was asking her for a favor. Elijah was not asking her for a favor. Elijah gave her the biggest favor that she could have ever had. And sometimes you're thinking, well, God's telling me to do this. I guess God needs a favor from me. No, this is for your benefit. This is for you. See time and harvest. This is for your benefit if you'll learn how to use it the right way. And so in this story, this piece of bread, this cup of water was the only lifeline that she had. She could have ate that seed and died. But she planted that seed and it took care of her for the rest of her living days. Isn't that incredible? I mean, the the word says that God's ways are higher than our ways. Because that doesn't make any sense to me right now. I mean, I've got one piece of bread and if I give that up, then I'm going to have more than enough bread for the rest of my life when I already don't have enough. God's saying, yes, just trust me. Do it. Give that one little thing you have over to me and watch what I can do. I'll take care of you for the rest of your life. But I want it. This is mine. This is the only one I have. Fine. Just go ahead and keep it then. But that's all you're ever going to have is that one thing. When I want to give you a multitude. I want to give you, I want to supply all of your needs. And I found out that God can supply my needs a whole lot better than I can. A lot of people are like, well, you know... I want the Lord to be my provider. Well, you look to yourself as your own source of provision. That's your problem. You think that it's you. And thank God that God's blessed you and you, you know, you go out and work hard for it and all that stuff. But I don't look at myself as being the provider and the the source of provision for my family. Yes, I get a paycheck. Thank God. But God is our provider. No matter what anybody says. It's God. And so in this situation, God saw this woman, he heard her cry, he saw the bad situation she was in, and he sent a prophet to ask for the last thing she had. Thank God she gave it away. And so, man, maybe you're here and you feel like, well, I'm in that widow's shoes, man. I've got, I don't got nothing left. I got one little bit left. And I'm telling you what, whatever God is telling you today, man, you just listen to what he's saying. Amen. And we're not even talking about money. So don't even, you know, everyone's like, it's seed time and harvest. He's talking about money. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about any area of your life. If you're a person that's in need of forgiveness, why don't you sow some seeds of forgiveness? If you're a person that's in need of peace, blessed are the peacemakers. Why don't you go out and make peace somewhere? Why don't you be the peace in somebody's life? Plant some seeds. It's not just money. So the third thing I want to say is this, and thank God for it, 
It's harvest time. It's harvest time, man. And I'm talking about a harvest of souls. I'm talking about a harvest of people being brought in to the kingdom of God. The Lord is wanting to do something in this season. Does anybody in here, you have somebody that you're related to that you could go out on a limb and say, if that rapture happened today, I'm not so sure they would be on that bus. I'm related to people that, I mean, I'm not judging, but Jesus said you can judge a tree by its fruit. And there's no Christian fruit on that tree. So I don't think they're going to heaven. And I'm telling you right now, I'm not okay with that. If you can sit here and say, I'm not worried about it. If you can sit here and say somebody that you know is probably going to hell, and that doesn't bother you. That doesn't bother you. What in the world is wrong with you? Some, even if it's somebody you don't like. I don't like everybody, but I don't want them to go to hell. <laughs> if there's, if there's somebody that you know that you just, you don't know if they're going to heaven and you just sit there nonchalant, just, I don't know, I, I'm neutral on it. I don't really know. I, it's none of my business. It is your business. It's your business. Do something about it, man. I don't want to get to heaven and find out that somebody did not make it. And I personally had it within my ability to reach out and do something about it. I'm not okay with that. That would be torture. And so it's harvest time. And I can tell you right now, the fields are ripe for the harvest. Because when we're talking about harvesting souls, what do you need? You need sinners. And I found sinners everywhere. There are sinners all around us. Amen. That's a good thing. If everybody already had it together, there'd be no harvest available. But I'm telling you, the harvest is plentiful. The harvest is ripe. But we've got to get out and do something about it. Let's look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Turn with me, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And and I'm, I'm saying right now, it's time for harvest. God is doing a work all across our our land, all across this world and our community. It is a time for harvest. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it's over there on page 620, so we'll let you get over there. As I knock things over. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and I want to show you verses 1 and 2 right here. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 and 2, it says... For everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. And so, I mean, that's good news. There's a season for everything. I want to look at verse 2, and when I see verse 2, I hear it in a couple of different voices. Not that I hear voices in my head, but occasionally I do. And so, you know, there's some people that read these verses, and, 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 and there's this religious voice that people read verses in. The Lord giveth. The Lord taketh away, brother. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What are you saying, dude? Speak English. Like, why are you talking like that? But, but there's this religious voice, you know, and, and people, they, they find out how to put an almost a negative spin, a negative view on verses. So I'm going to read verse two. It says there's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest. Now, the negative mind sees that and says, oh, yeah, well, there's a time to be born and there's a time to die, brother. True. Yes, that is true. 
But what about the second part of that verse? Man, there's a time to plant. Thank God there's a time to harvest. There is a time to harvest. That's good news. There's a time to harvest. And what if right now in your life is that season for harvest? What if you've been planting seeds? What if you've been watering? What if you've been standing on the Word of God? And right now is your time for harvest. I wouldn't read that verse. I wouldn't be saying, And a time for harvest, brother. No, there's a time for harvest. Do you realize what this means? This is good news. The seed that you've been planting, God's Word is true. It's going to happen. That person you've been praying for, they're coming into the kingdom of God because you went out and you answered somebody else's prayer. You sent a missionary to Vietnam. You sent one of our missionaries to India and they reached somebody that somebody else was praying for. Your harvest is coming. That's good news. I love love talking about harvest, man. I love harvest. Harvest is fun. Joel 2.23. Let's flip there. Joel 2.23. Come on. Let's get a little excitement in the house today. Joel 2.23. This is good news. This is good news. Thank God we didn't just say a time to be born and a time to die. We're talking about a time to plant and a time to harvest. Joel 2.23. Joel 2.23. This is a good one here. Because the Bible talks about you got to water the seed. But Joel 2.23, I'm sure everybody's there. Are you there? I'm there. Joel 2.23, it says, Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. Who's ready to rejoice in the Lord your God? For He has given you the former rain faithfully, and He will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain, and the latter rain together in the first month. All at the same time, the former and the latter rain together. What in the world does that mean? It sounds inspirational, but I have no idea. what. I'll tell you what that means right now. Talking about farming in Israel, if you're a farmer in Israel, you know exactly what that means, man. They can count on it. In the springtime, there's a nice calm, steady rain that they rely on to come down and prepare the ground for the seed to be sown. And so they're praying, Lord, we need, they call this the former rain. Lord, we need the early rains this year. We need the former, we need the early rain so we can get our seed into the ground. But then they also know that to get the ground ready for harvest in the fall time, they count on, they pray for, they rely on the later, the latter, the autumn rains to come in and get the harvest ready to come on out. But the prophet Joel said, talking about the harvest of people, the harvest of souls. He says, in that day, in the end times, oh, you've never seen anything like it. The harvest is going to be so beautiful. It's going to be the former and the latter rain all at one time. It's going to be the early rain and the late rain all together at the same time. There's going to be a harvest take place like you have never even seen before. All at once. It's going to be the perfect scenario. And so I know this much. We could go into all this, but we're not going to. But you can look at the signs of the times. Let's not even go there. But you can look at Bible prophecy after Bible prophecy every single day being fulfilled. It is, uh, it's incredible what's happening. And you're going to sit there and say, I don't know if it's really that season. 
It's that season, Jack. It's that season. It's the harvest season, whether you know it or not. Do you realize what it means to claim Jerusalem as Israel's capital again? And that just happened six months ago. And you think nothing's happening? I just read an article about the Jews are, they're, they're like, they're getting bids on construction to try to rebuild Solomon's temple. And you want to sit there and say, I, I don't know, man. Dude, it is, it is speeding ahead like never before. The harvest season is here. And you got to know this much, that the nastier it gets out there in this world, that means that the harvest is even more ripe and ready to come in. Amen? And so you can look around and say, I don't think it's harvest season. There's more killings. There's more robberies. There's more bad things than ever before. Exactly! Exactly what I'm trying to say. It is time for the harvest. And so if you've got loved ones that need harvested into the kingdom of God, I'd start planting some seeds right now. If I needed a harvest and, and someone told me that both of the rains were coming together at once, I'd be digging seed out of anywhere I could get and throwing it into the ground, man. I'd be planting seed immediately. But the problem is, we got a lot of lazy farmers on our hands. We got lazy farmers don't stay in business very long. It's hard, it's hard to be a farmer if you don't ever plant. They don't make it very long. And I like something my brother Al said yesterday. Al, raise your hand, brother. Brother Al. Alright, maybe you can. Al, yeah, there you go. Al, <laughs> he did our men's meeting yesterday. He hit it over the fence, man. Swinging for the fence. He looked. But, but Al said something that just like, I wrote it down and I was like, whoa, that is good. He said, <laughs> he said, He's talking about a lazy farmer. He said, don't be a lazy farmer. What's a lazy farmer do? He either plants too little seed or he plants too late. The lazy farmer either plants too little or he plants too late. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. There's a lot of people like, oh, it's harvest. Let me get it. Let me just put a few in. I don't want to, I don't want to do too much. I don't want to, I mean, that would take some of my time and I don't have enough time anyway. If you sit there and say that you don't have enough time for God. Let's just do this. You want to sit there and say that I would, I would give God some of my time, but I don't have enough time as it is. I would go to church, but I just don't have enough time. This isn't rocket science. Sow a little bit of the available time that you do have. And God will multiply your time and make it more productive. True story. It'll happen. Well, I don't have enough time for anything, man. I barely have enough time to eat, let alone open up my Bible. I challenge you, man. You just give God a little bit of the time that you do have and watch how he will multiply and produce your time in a way that you've never seen. So don't complain to me about not ever having any time. Sow some seed like the Bible says to do. Give God some of the time you do have and watch what happens. But the lazy farmer, he wants to reap a harvest. Yeah, he wants the 5,000 acres of harvest just like everybody else is getting. But the problem is he doesn't want to plant 5,000 acres of seed. And he wants to do it, you know, when he has time or if, he, if there's five minutes left before the football game starts or, yeah, i got nothing else to do. I guess I could toss God a bone. Lord, praise your name. You are worthy. Amen. There we go. Let's plant some seed into God today. That, that doesn't work that way, man. You're holding back from God, but you're expecting him to not hold back from you. Why are you expecting God to just lavish everything into your life when you're not willing to even sacrifice a smidgen for him? 
It's not fair. It's not going to work that way. You've got to sow some seeds for what you need. And so what we're trying to get at today is this, is that God is going to do a work in your loved one's lives. You'll reap a harvest every area you sow seed in, and that could work for, again, finances, anything. But what I want to get real about for a minute today is this, is we need a harvest of souls here in Barstow. We need people to get saved in Barstow, like right now, right now. And I've got, I'll bet there's people in New York and, 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 and other countries praying for their love. God send somebody. Lord, I'm praying for my, for my brother, for my mom, for my son, for my sister that lives in Barstow, California, that lives in Newberry, Yermo, Fort Irwin, wherever. God send somebody into their lives. They need you bad. You are probably the answer to somebody's prayer. You probably are. And you've got a perfect opportunity this month as we're talking about missions, sowing seed into the missionaries through prayer, through finances, through whatever, but sending people to do the Lord's work in other parts of the world and answering prayers. And I'm telling you right now, we're not taking up a missions missions offering today, but I'm telling you, when we do, I'm going to get a piece of that. I'm, I'm getting involved. I'm going to, I'm going to get the missionaries. I, I'm telling you what, I'm getting in on this because I need some of my loved ones to be harvested into the kingdom of God. And so the challenge is this. You're sitting there talking about what you need, what you, you desperately need in your life. Have you planted anything at all so you could stand on God's word and say, Lord, I'm believing for a harvest. And so you will reap what you sow. No doubt about it, but you got to sow if you ever want to reap anything. Amen? Amen. Last verse. Throw it up there. Luke 10 to Luke 10 to these were his instructions to them. Jesus said the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. There's plenty of harvest, just not enough workers. So let's get involved and let's do something about it. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up together today. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.